This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. What's going on, everybody? It's either really late Friday night or really early Saturday morning, depending on what time zone you're watching this broadcast on. I'm Tanner Lee flying solo tonight, as Paul had some other prior engagements going on, but you are listening or watching another brand new episode of the Kicking Out podcast. Um, Yeah, another good episode of AEW Dynamite. I thought this episode was a lot better than the Previous two Friday Night Dynamites that we've gotten so far. Looks like we're getting another Friday Night Dynamite next week. And then the following week's going to be a Saturday Dynamite. And then I'm not sure about the week after before they finally hit the road uh, going to Miami on July 7th. Not sure what. Hopefully that's going to be a Wednesday Dynamite. Hopefully hopefully we only have a few more weeks of this kind of... uh, Offset schedule here due to the NBA playoffs, but a uh, good episode tonight. I'm going to get into it pretty quick here. Uh, get to recap on what I liked, didn't like, thoughts on all the matches, uh, rating overall for the show tonight, and my AW wrestler of the night. So let's get right into it. The show started, of course, tonight with the Pinnacle arriving to the arena in, in their uh, limo. Very horseman esque, like mostly everything they do is. Um, this show, I should add, by the way, it was taped last week. I believe they recorded, uh, three or they taped three episodes last week. So I believe next week's is, uh, has already been taped as well. I don't think it's live next week. And then the following Saturday on the 26th, I think they'll go back to resuming live scheduling, but we will see there. But like I said, the, the show kicked off tonight with the pinnacle arriving at the arena in the limo. So we see. Dex Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Tully Blanchard, Sean Spears, uh, MJF, and Wardlow all get out of the limo. And uh, Jim Ross pretty much just said that business is going to pick up, which is his classic, one of his classic lines. Um, uh, First match tonight was in Helico versus Christian Cage. We do see Matt Hardy in the ring uh, with TH2, which I know if Paul was here, my co-host Paul Zartman, uh, he'd be all excited about that. TH2 are his boys. Uh, I'm not as high on them as a tag team as Paul is, but uh, that's all right. I will say, and, and Helico uh, impressed me quite a bit tonight. I think he's one of their better uh, ground the ground talents that AEW has. 
Um, and I, I was curious to see how his style would uh, mesh with Christian Cage. But Christian Cage is, I mean, as far as talents go, I mean, he's can adapt to anybody's style about as well as anybody in professional wrestling uh, today. And not only today, but, I mean, in the last decade. Um, a good match here. Um, Christian did, did end up getting a win with uh, with hitting his finisher, the kill switch, which it looked for like for a while he wasn't going to be able to uh, pull it off because he was uh, getting his shoulder worked on by Angelico during the match for a majority of the match. But um, um, good match, uh, good win for Christian, of course. That uh, improves his record to 5-0 and now in singles competition since he made his debut in AEW. Um, after the match, Jack Evans tried to attack uh, Christian. Uh, Christian gets out of the way and gets him out of the ring, but he turns around and gets hit uh, by a twist of fate by Matt Hardy. So two weeks in a, in a row, Matt Hardy's hit Christian with the twist of fate. We're definitely going to be getting that uh, match probably at one of the special event dynamites that I'll be talking about here in a little bit. And interesting to note, I believe uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful uh, had an interesting statistic on his Twitter account earlier this week. Uh, Christian Christian and uh, Matt Hardy have only faced each other previously twice in their uh, professional wrestling careers. And the last time they faced each other was, I believe, in 2003. Matt Hardy went over both times. Got to think the results could be a little different this time. I got to think that Christian's going to take the win when they do eventually meet up. Um, back from commercial, we get some hype for, uh, Dynamite's road schedule. Like I said, they're going to be in Miami on the 7th, and then they're going to, uh, Texas for back-to-back shows, uh, the 14th and the 21st. Those are both going to be Fighter Fest, so Fighter Fest Night 1, Fighter Fest Night 2, and then on the 28th, they're going to, um, Charlotte, and that's going to be Fight for the Fallen. So we're getting all kinds of big dynamite events coming up. So that's exciting because we know we're going to get some big, uh, big matches for those, maybe some big debuts, some returns, things like that. So those, that's always fun when, when, when they have the special dynamites going on. Uh, we see Tony Schiavone in the ring talking about next week where Aaron Solo will team with QT Marshall, as Tony said, he's been instructed to call him instead of Marshall against Cody Rhodes and his partner making his AEW debut Arn Anderson's son, Brock Anderson. But I will say Tony kind of trolled the whole uh, internet wrestling community when he said Brock. He kind of paused, and a lot of people thought he might be uh, referring to Brock Lesnar, which, I mean, come on. I don't – I mean, let's think about it. I don't think we actually thought that was going to happen, but the pause did add some dramatic um, suspense there. So it was Brock Anderson, and we see Brock and Cody come out. Cody cuts a nice promo on Brock, uh, trying to live up to the hype of being a wrestler's son, so forth like that. Then he brings up getting beat by Anthony Gogo last week. That brings QT out to take who has an issue with uh, Cody and and his his different projects. Um, He brings up, does Brock want Pyro 2 or is maybe just uh, bring him down from the ceiling? He accuses Cody of skipping skipping guys like uh, Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo. And says uh, that's what makes uh, him, what makes Cody Rhodes is the fans, and he wants to go against Cody in a packed house. So he challenges Cody to a South Beach strap match um, for the one dynamite goes back on the road on July 7th. Cody accepts. And then when they turn around, QT hits Orton Anderson with uh, his belt, and then um, Brock Anderson takes him down and then gets some shots. 
into uh, QT until the referees get in and intervene. So, um, what's, what was everybody's impressions of first impressions of Brock Anderson? I'd like to know. I mean, uh, to me, he definitely looks like an Anderson. I mean, just look at him. You're like, yep, that's definitely Arn Anderson's son. Um, I'm interested to see how he works in the ring next week, what kind of style he's got to bring. But, uh, I mean, I, I can't say I was blown away my first impression of him, but he didn't do anything wrong. That doesn't make me interested in, in, in the tag match next week. So we then got a trios match. We got the death triangle of pack and Pinta L zero M and Eddie Kingston versus the elite made up this week of Brandon Cutler and the young bucks of Matt and Nick Jackson, who of course are the AW world tag team champions. Uh, fun match here. Of course you knew it was going to be with, uh, so many talented wrestlers. Um, I always love when, uh, Pinta's in there with the Bucks. Their chemistry is just second to none. Um, a, lot, a lot of high spots in this match. A lot of back and forth, um, just like you suspect. Um, we do see the uh, Death Triangle and Eddie Kingston win by pinfall with a lateral press from Pack on Brandon Cutler. I figured that was going to be the result, and we knew the neither of the Jacksons were going to eat the pen. Um, post-match, the Bucks. um Put boots the faces to all the baby faces, and the and the good brothers come down to join in on the fun. Then we see Frankie Kazarian make the save and run off, run the lead off. And of course, commentary once again referred to Frankie Kazarian as the elite chaser. So I like that new character, Frankie. It seems like a more edgy, aggressive Frankie Kazarian in a babyface role. I'm all for that. I'm really digging that big time. So we then got a. Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy video package that he and Don Callis edited to send us the break. Pretty much Don Callis is saying there's a big conspiracy among AEW to try to get the title off Kenny Omega. So back for commercial, the pinnacle makes their interest entrance. Uh, every guy gets on the mic, starts with Dax Harwood, who gets on the mic and admits they lost stadium stampede, but um, it wasn't designed for them and proud and powerful gave them a hell of a fight, made them realize they're not so different. They both came from nothing and made something of, them, of themselves, but Ortiz and Santana has lost their edge. Um, we then saw Cash Wheeler get on, on the mic and say, you know, he doesn't have a family or, 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 or a child like like Dax does, so he doesn't care about Santana or Ortiz's family, but uh, pretty much that they accept a match against Proud and Powerful down the line. Sean Spears gets on the mic, talks about Sam Guevara, and pretty much calls him a glorified indie wrestler and says – He's the hero, not Sammy, but he also pretty much takes Sammy's challenge on any time. Wardlow says he brings the best out of Jake Hager, and, and he gets it. He wants to keep this going, and um, he invites him to his comfort zone because he knows he can't win in the ring. Is that why Hager you know, wanted him to fight in this MMA cage next week? Wardlow accepts that, so that's officially on for next week's uh, Friday Night Dynamite. And then we get... Um, MJF on the mic, and he said he's not as mad as the rest of the pinnacle. He's just tired. He talks about how he idolized Chris Jericho, but he uh, was idolizing a false, false god who was just like everyone else and not even remotely on his level. Then we see Chris Jericho appear on the on the Tron and um, said, you know, this whole thing was great, and they can brag about all night while – they're walking home. The camera pans to reveal the inner circles all holding sledgehammers and they're smashing the Pinnacle's limousine up. And then Hager takes a forklift and rams the side of the limo, lifting it until the doors fall off. 
And then uh, they drive off on the forklift with the inner circle giving their signature middle fingers to the camera. And then we get a break. So I, I know a lot of people are getting tired of the inner circle pinnacle storyline, but I'm I'm digging it. Um, but I'm not really sure. I mean, eventually the pinnacle, they're going to have to get some wins under their belt. So got to think that's where the storyline is going to go, whether it's in some singles competition, some tags, another big match between all the members, whatever it may be. You got to think the pinnacle is going to get the win in the next installment of the of the storyline. But uh I, I'm I'm really digging the inner circle's faces. That's for sure, and and I ne- wouldn't have said that um, t- two months ago or before the the Pinnacles formation and this whole storyline began. I didn't think I would ever really dig a inner circle face group. I didn't think it made much sense, but um, I was definitely wrong. Then we came back from commercial, and Darby Allen and Sting respond to all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky's challenge. Darby said he's not replacing Sting like they wanted. He actually wants a handicap match, and he asks Sting to respect his wishes and stays home. He said he's not stupid, and he wants to prove to both of them he doesn't need Sting. Sting keeps saying that Darby's got nothing to prove, and he is who he is because he's Darby, not because of Sting. He was the TNT champion already when Sting came in. Uh, Darby asks him again and pleads with them just to stay home. Sting agrees and offering a fist bump. Dar- Darby hesitates at first, tells Sting how much he respects him before it accepting the fist bump. So that match is official for next week. Darby against all ego, Ethan page and Scorpio sky in a two on one handicap match. So, you know, Darby Allen's one of those characters. I think he just wakes up in the morning and well, how much pain can I get, in, get into today? Uh, it must be his mindset because, uh, he's a loose cannon for sure. When it comes to the pain, then we get a really good video package. This was on the road to uh, last night of evil. Uno talking about how much winning the TNT championship would mean to him. Uh, both because of his relationship with the late great Brody Lee and because of the road he's taken to get to AEW. We then see Evil Uno challenging Miro, the current TNT champion for the TNT title. And uh, Evil Uno comes out with the whole Dark Order. Then Dark Order goes to the back. Uh, Miro really just starts um, tearing apart Uno to start and just dominate him for, for a good majority of this match. And then uh, Stu Grayson and... Alan Angels come out five, I should say, to be at e- Evil Uno's side, uh, help him against Miro. Miro throws out uh, Stu Grayson over the barricade, chases Angels to the back. Then um, that's when Evil Uno actually starts getting some offense in. Um, towards the end of the match, the whole Dark Order comes out to cheer Uno on. It looks like Uno's might have a chance of the upset win, but it wasn't meant to be as. Miro gets uh, him to tap out to game over to retain the TNT championship. And I believe that takes his record to 9-0 and or 10-0 and now in singles since he made his debut in AEW. We then get an Andrade uh, vignette positioning him as the face of the Latinos and promising a sit-down interview with Jim Ross next week. That'll definitely be interesting. Then we come back and Tony Schiavone's in the ring again. He introduces the AEW world champion Kenny Omega. Um, he runs down Kenny Omega for a belittling Jungle Boy, but Don Callis yanks the mic away from Shivani and demands some respect for the champ. Don tells jo- Don Callis tells Jungle Boy he did a great job earning a title shot, but uh, to them he's just like the band that sings his theme, a one-hit wonder. Uh, Kitty puts over Jungle Boy's uh, underwear model-esque body and says he sees a lot of himself in him, and he respects him quite a bit, but there's something missing that he can't put his finger on. 
He passes the mic to Callus to answer the question to which he says the guts to get in the ring. Then um, Jungle Boy's music hits. He comes out. Omega says he looks like he's got something to say, but he doesn't have the guts. And what can he do standing in front of a wrestling god? He asks Don, who's better on the mic than him, before giving Jungle Boy five seconds to say what he's got. Jungle Boy grabs the mic and tells him he talks way too much. They start brawling. Jungle Boy nearly has him in the snare trap when uh, the Young Bucks come out and make the save. Smart Mark Sterling. Um, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the Young Bucks make, make the save there. So I, I like the build they're get, doing here. Um, unlike years past when the winner of the Casino Battle Royale goes right into a feud with the champion the next week for the title without a feud or without a build up to the feud. I like this that they're getting some layers in at least, and um, it'll be interesting because it, you know Kenny Omega at the Double or Nothing uh, Fan Fest. He mentioned how his body's banged up, and there's some mornings he thinks, "Is it even worth worth lacing the boots up anymore?" Um, but you know he is a also the Impact Champion, which he will be defending that in Daly's place tomorrow night on the Impact Pay Per View against Moose, and if he wins that, he will have to. F- Defended against Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary next month. He also has a match with Andrade, the new acquisition of AEW of for the Triple A title at, um, uh, I can't think of the name of the event, um, Triple Mania. Yeah, Triple Mania, that's it, on August 14th. So it'll be interesting to see if he can retain all these titles. I mean, I don't see Jungle Boy taking it off him in two weeks. I think it'll be similar to the result of the Orange Cassidy pack match where Orange Cassidy had so many close falls and moments that we really thought he might pull the upset. I think that's what we'll get with his match with Jungle Boy in two weeks, but uh, time will tell. At least they're building building a little nice feud towards it, not rushing it. We then see smart Mark Sterling in a room with Jade Cargill. He talks her up and says they're going to make her a household name all across the media and puts her, her catchphrase over. Um, so pretty much the same promo we've got from her over and over and over again. But still, I like what AEW's doing with her. They're keeping her out front, keeping her in the in the spotlight, not letting us forget about her at all. So back from commercial, we see all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky uh, get a promo. Scorpio tells Darby they gave him an opportunity, and just like the sensitive child he is, he couldn't even do that. Uh, Alan's done a lot of dumb things, but this is the dumbest. Ethan Page says actions have consequences. And Darby already knows the consequences of stepping in the ring with them. But has he really considered the mental consequences? He's already uh, butthurt enough to accept a handicap match against them. But bit by bit, they're going to cut him down and raise themselves up as the men of the year, which is a brand new t-shirt of theirs. You can get on shopaw.com. Uh, we then get Chandler Hopkins against Lance Murderhawk, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. And this is a match just like you thought it would be. It was a squash match. Uh, Lance Archer wins by pinfall after he hits the blackout on Hopkins. Um, yeah, this match was no more than about a minute long. So uh, Lance looking like a monster. You know, when he beats up these guys in these squash, squash matches, he sure makes it look like a good time. Uh, we then see the wingman backstage. Ryan Nemeth calls Orange Cassidy out, and they give him a spot in the Wingman makeover program, and Cesar Bernoni promises to rearrange his face. Uh, we then get the uh, only woman's contest of the night. Um, of course, they're back to their, what I would usually say is 9.30 women's match spot, but tonight it was 11.30 Eastern time. 
Um, really good match, though, between Layla Hirsch and Nyla Rose, two ladies that are ranked in the top five for the AEW Women's Championship in the rankings. Uh, Layla Hirsch always impresses me. She's just so strong for her stature, for how short she is. She's just, she might be the strongest lady in the division. And Jade Cargill's probably up there, too. In the end, Nyla Rose does get the win after hitting an avalanche beast bomb from the from the top rope. But like I said, a really, really fun match. Um, we didn't see Tony Schiavone interviewing Dr. Britt Baker in a stairwell. Um, she said she was uh, furious with Nat- Nyla Rose for breaking up her celebration, but then she took a deep breath and realizes that Nyla looked quite good flipping burgers, so maybe she should look into that as a new line of work. She uh, runs her down for making short jokes about Layla Hirsch and says uh, this title makes makes Nyla, but Britt makes the title as she makes the women's division. Um we then uh, get commentary hyping up next week's matches, which let me see if I can find those real quick. Um, I remember a couple of them off the top of my head, but I don't want to misspeak here anywhere. Um, well, we're getting the MMA cage match between uh, Jake Hager and Wardlow. We're also getting Orange Cassidy versus Ryan Nemeth. We're getting a tag match between Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and and Penta L0M versus uh, Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, I believe. I don't think Nick Jackson was advertised for that match. We're also getting the sit-down interview with Andrade. And we're going to get Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus Aaron Solo and Nick Camara- and, and Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Um, or Marshall, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a good card for next week's uh, Friday Night Dynamite. I think it's going to be the last... Friday Night Dynamite for a little bit at least. Thank goodness, because these are these are late shows, everybody, for all of us AEW fans on the Eastern Time Zone. We, we then get to our main event, Hangman Adam Page and Preston Tin Vance versus Team Taz, which is made up this week of Brian Cage and Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Um, fun match here. Um, you know, they kept referring to how over Hangman was at double or nothing, and um, can't disagree that. Or you can't argue that by any means. I mean, he definitely is one of the more over talents in the whole company and can't wait till they get back traveling full time come July 7th, because I think every place is going to be pretty hot, a hot crowd for a hangman page. That's for sure. Uh, hangman and, and, uh, uh, Preston 10 Vance get the win after, um, a lateral press from Vance on Powerhouse Hobbs. But uh, towards the end of the match, it looked like uh, Team Taz was going to get the match. Bryce Ramsberger, the referee, was distracted. So Ricky Starks threw the FTW belt to uh, Brian Cage because um, Hook was on the, on the apron and distracted him. But Cage tossed it out of the ring just like he did a double or nothing. Ricky Starks going nuts and slaps Brian, Brian Cage across the face. Brian Cage chases Ricky to the back. And that's when Preston goes... Uh, Gets a full Nelson locked in momentarily on Hobbs, but Hobbs hit the spine buster. Hangman broke it up at a two count. Then uh, Hangman hit the buckshot lariat, and then that's when uh, 10 fell, fell over him for the lateral press pen. And post match, we see uh, Hangman celebrate with the Dark Order. Everybody's drinking beer except Colt Cabana and, of course, Negative One, who are celebrating with water. So that's a quick recap tonight. I know I kept the recap. Pretty quick and short, um, like I said, kind of running on fumes tonight, so I apologize for the for the quick show. Also, it's just me writing solo tonight um, without Paul going back and forth. It 
it's not a whole lot for me to talk about. Don't have too many questions or comments or anything coming in tonight. Actually, we don't have any at all so far. So um, I'm going to wrap this up pretty quick here. Um, my rating, my overall rating for the show from a scale of zero to 10. I'm going to give tonight's show an eight. I thought it was a very good show. Of course, it was a taped episode like I referred to earlier instead of a live episode. Their taped episodes usually run really smooth compared to a live episode. But, I mean, what else would you expect? It's not live television where uh, many mistakes can happen. Um, I, I just thought this was their strongest Friday night episode of the last three. I enjoyed a lot of matches. I thought the backstage segments were good. The entering interviews were good. They are building stories. Um, I like in the direction a lot of the stories are going. So uh, this was a lot better. I was, I was pretty down on last Friday's episode. This was a lot better than that. Uh, as far as Superstar of the Night, there's a handful of people you could choose. I'm going to choose Preston Tin Vance. I, I love that he was in the main event with Hangman. I, I like um, the young man getting a, getting a shot in the main event. Uh, I think that's the spot he's got to be in, in the future of the company for a long time. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to go with him as my wrestler of the night. I mean, he did get the pinfall victory. It might have been set up from Heyman's buckshot lariat, but Tin got the pin po- pinfall, so he did gain the victory. So, um, Yeah, but really intriguing stuff going into next week. Uh, next week's show should be fun. I'm really intrigued by the MMA uh, cage match between um, Jake Hager and Wardlow. I think that'll be fun. Um, early prediction, I think, I think Wardlow gets the win. Uh, but Warlow did win their singles match they had a while back when they were both um, part of the inner circle there for a little bit when Warlow and MJF were part of the inner circle. But like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the pinnacle start has to start racking up some wins or or they're going to lose all their moment, momentum that they built um, about two months or so ago when they, when they formed and ended Dynamite and still the best ending of the year for an episode of Dynamite, in my opinion, when they ultimately, when Warlow, when they, when they beat down the whole inner circle and Warlow powerbombed Jericho through the table and left them a bloody mess. I still, I think Paul would agree with that. I think that's still the best ending of a Dynamite we've seen in 2021. So, so that's my recap. Um, let me know in the comments how you liked this week's show. Um, like always, please, uh, Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. We really appreciate that. You can also like us and follow us on all the social medias. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kicking Out Pod. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll find all of our archived episodes on there, as well as a couple interviews I've done. I did one with Keith Elliott Greenberg. And uh, Mr. Warren Hayes, both uh, a few weeks before Double or Nothing. Go check those out. Very fun interviews. Um, and, of course, we also have uh, the pre-Double or Nothing uh, media call with Cody Rhodes on there as well, if you want to take a listen to that. Um, yeah, that'll do it for tonight. Uh, you can follow me, Tanner Lee, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my handle is the same for both, at Tanner Lee 92 And my co-host, Paul Zarman, who will be back on the podcast with me next week. You can follow him at PaulZarman921. But uh, for Tanner Lee, that's going to do it tonight. Join us next week as we kick out another podcast.